This podcast contains mature content and mature scenarios. Please be advised. We have been following along with the very current docu-series entitled The Secrets of Playboy that you can catch on A&E. At this point, there are currently nine episodes available to watch, but we are focusing on the first five episodes to begin with. So on this episode of Deeper... We will be discussing with Dr. X, our honorary and hopefully regular guest speaker, his thoughts on these early episodes that we've all kind of watched together or separately, really kind of tried to soak it in so we can talk about this with you. Dr. X is a former Harvard professor and holds his PhD in organic chemistry. He is also what I would describe as a very handsome and charming man and an absolute gentleman. That said, he is also a man with vices and sexual desires, just like every man on earth. So on that note, I think his perspective and views on the male and female sexuality are not only intellectual and well-considered, but are also very real, relatable, and down-to-earth. Now, I will say I have quite a difficult time breaking down his conservative walls, but I do enjoy making him blush, I'm not going to lie, and asking him some of the real difficult questions. So we will run over his thoughts and viewpoints that maybe Kate and I had overlooked. So thank you, Dr. X, for coming on and being a part of this discussion. Um, I would just like to point out before we begin that in our first episode, we talked to you about your own personal recollections of Playboy, the publications, of course, um, since I don't think you spent very much time at the Playboy Mansion. (laughs) And we also got to know you a little bit and And I remember kind of got into your personal life a little, maybe a little too much. (laughs) (laughs) So we'd love to hear some more from you. All right. So getting back to Playboy... Um, We just went over the two episodes. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you remember the first two episodes. This was discussing Jennifer Sagnor, who grew up in the Playboy Mansion, and Holly Madison, one of several of Hef's girlfriends. Right. Uh, Jennifer was the the daughter of the the doctor that Mm -hmm. had on stuff. Yeah, I I remember that episode now. Yes. Mm -hmm. So both of these women wrote and published books getting deep and dirty into their experiences Mm -hmm. in the mansion and with Hef. Both women have very different points of views. So I just want to know first, what was your take on Jennifer Sagnor before we get into Holly Madison? I think that Jennifer had a lot going on with her not being able to see her mother. And it seemed like to me that she had a wonderful time there, but then there were some really dark realities that came to light while she was there. Mm -hmm. You know, I sort of think her father didn't watch out over her, but maybe used her to a certain extent to get what he wanted out of his situation there. Okay, that's an interesting take on it. So Mm. I wasn't able to really get into the whole um, Mm. situation with Jennifer Sagnor's father. That was really Mm -hmm. interesting to me because I found myself wanting to talk more about her father than Hugh Hefner. Right. Just because I felt like there was so much there to talk about. Well, afterwards, I was so intrigued by how does a physician, a well-known physician, get himself into that Mm -hmm. situation. Mm -hmm. 
and what was he providing for the people. So I did some extra research beyond, you know, what I could find. It was backed up by other corroboration from other witnesses. Many other witnesses. Right. It seems like he was writing prescriptions for everybody in there for prescription medicines when he shouldn't have been. Mm -hmm. I know that he had recommended his daughter to have surgery. It was nasal surgery, I believe, initially. And the physician that performed it was high on drugs and botched it. And so he had to have two more after that to correct for that. What father or physician would allow that to happen? Yeah. See, it's so interesting Mm -hmm. that you bring that up because Kate and I were going back and forth Mm -hmm. on what surgery, because she alluded to the Mm -hmm. surgery, but she never actually said. She looked really uncomfortable when she was talking about it. Right. And I remember talking to you later on and you kind of told me a little bit about this. Yeah, this is another interview that she did a while ago, I think before Mm -hmm. her book was published or she was in a throes of writing her book mm-hmm. that that came out in an interview and I and I agree with you as far as her father's concerned because I do know too looking into it that he was referred to by everybody there at the mansion as Dr. Feelgood Oh, we know what that involves, yeah. right? And I think yeah could, could mean once of things but usually it's passing out prescription right. medications where they shouldn't be yeah. abused. Yeah, and I think so, this was corroborated by right. many other witnesses. So right. I think it's pretty sick. Even her, his daughter, Jennifer, right. had, you know, kind of explained that this is something that she came to find out right. was true later on. So it seems kind of silly right. to just say it's just hearsay. Right. That she had her first sort of sexual experience in the mansion Mm -hmm. with one of Hefner's girlfriends at the time. And, you know, it sort of seemed like there was a sort of pressure for her to have a menage a trois with Hefner and the girlfriend at one point. Mm -hmm. According to her, it didn't happen, but it just sort of seemed like it was teed up and he wanted that maybe to happen or maybe to watch his girlfriend with with her. I don't know, it's just really... An uncomfortable situation for a teenager of 15. Well, and to be clear, okay, so she got into the relationship with his girlfriend when she was 15 years old. It wasn't until she was 17 that she was invited into Hefner's rumor that he ever even made any sorts of Yeah, 17 is still not something that a, a young female should be subjected to, in my personal opinion. I don't think it's unusual for a man of any age to be attracted to a 17-year-old girl at all. And not to say that a man should ever force himself on a girl or a woman, ever, but to be attracted. And like we've talked about this, um, her being invited up to Hugh Hefner's room, nothing actually happened. Right, right. And so I just don't want to demonize somebody for being attracted to a young woman. And that's all I'm saying. Does that work for women as well? Do, are they ever attracted to younger men? Of course. I mean, women have gone to prison for yeah. having sex with 15, 16-year-old boys. So, yeah, yeah obviously, definitely. I know, it there's a huge... But, I mean, more so, I think, for men than for yeah. women. Yeah. I just don't think the mansion is the right environment for a child to be in, period. Absolutely, yeah. and that's why that's where I find a lot more fault with her father. Oh, 100%. In this situation. I, I think we, we can agree on that. Whereas Hugh Hefner, to me, he's a kind of a dog. He's polyamorous, he's non monogamous, he's dating several <laughs> girls at once. He and dogs. A pornography and dogs, according to the. Oh, end. gosh. <laughs> so, <laughs> we don't want to go there yet. No, we don't want to go there, but that was mentioned. Uh, you know, it's like, uh, 
Okay, so we talked about Jennifer Sagnor, and what about Holly Madison? Do you have anything to say about her? Yeah, I, 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 I'm a little uh, confused on that, the whole Holly Madison situation. It seems to me that she was really in love with him, like really, really That's in love with him, and was expecting more than she got out of the relationship. Mm-hmm. That's what, and then... Right. On top of that, then there was, once she got involved, there was many expectations that the girlfriends had. Mm-hmm. What my understanding was, he would comment on the way that she looked or she felt like she mm-hmm. didn't look right. So she had all this plastic surgery that was recommended, plastic surgery that was done. And if you look at all the girlfriends, they all, it's really hard to tell the difference if you're if you're not looking really closely, you know, they all look about the same, at least the, the, la- the last the last set, you know, yeah. the earlier ones that he had definitely differentiate, beautiful women, right. very intelligent women. Not saying they're not intelligent now, but, you know, it's just yeah, eyes wide I think, open I think on the that case. all of the women yeah. that he was attracted to seemed to me to be extremely intelligent. Yeah. Um, they might have had this kind of facade of being these blonde-haired bombshell, you know, women with big breasts, yeah. but it seemed like each one of them had something right. very dynamic about right. them as people. Right, and, you know, I know Holly was there, and she was... As anybody would, if I was there with him, I would take advantage of the media and build my career up on mm-hmm. there. And that she was, sure. a, she was a playmate. I actually, I, I don't believe she was ever in the magazine. And I noticed this. Um, mm-hmm. I, well, I used to watch the show that she was in, and I mm-hmm. remember the three girls always trying to talk Hef into letting them be a centerfold or let them get mm-hmm. into the magazine in some way. And it just she wasn't. He didn't. I don't believe that she was. Yeah, so I think the issue for her was probably more of this controlling aspect that, I mean, I feel like she found it difficult to connect, and because he was older, she did mention this, that it seemed like he was easier to talk to and was more interested in the things that she was interested in as maybe kind of an introvert. Well, he's charismatic no matter what mm-hmm. age is talking to him and who he's talking to, no yeah. matter who you are, he's very charismatic, yeah. as, as you can tell. From all the interviews that he gave and everybody that was surrounding him. and He was. He was, I think, publicly. But uh-huh. there's a lot of talk, especially throughout this entire docuseries, about this facade on the outside and the way he really, really was right. behind closed doors. Right, yeah. And the one thing that really stood out to me is um, this Miss Garcia woman, Miss January, uh, Mickey Garcia, who had said that she was at the mansion and... Um, her agent was trying to talk her into talking to Hef because they were all kind of fighting, vying for Playmate of the Year. And she went over to talk to him, and it was during Christmas time, and he unwrapped a large, unwrapped a very large dildo and gave her a look um, that was very menacing to her. And, and she did that not become Playmate, right? No, right. she wanted out of there immediately. Yeah. So. Well. She had to audition for him to become playmate. If she didn't do what he wanted, he wasn't going to make her that. That's what she, how she felt. I, I believe her because she wasn't playmate, and I, she probably would have been according yeah. to the the pub, You know the documentary. That being said, is the only reason I bring that up is because mm. I saw all this footage of him dancing and kissing these girls and being extremely romantic. Mm. Where I think if you know I were with a man like that, I would have probably felt like I was being swept away. Weird, like. I've always said there's good and evil, and I think in this case, with Hefner and the Playboy Enterprise, we, you know, I don't know if we want to talk about this now, that there was a lot of good that he tried to do, but in reality, 
personally, he was an evil person to me, it seems that I way. I don't know about, I think every human is dynamic. Mm, there's dynamic. I mean, mm. I, I don't even want to say, dynamic isn't the right word, layered. Right. And there's, there's a lot more to a person. And then plus, when you give somebody so much money and power, and pretty much everybody gives them what they want, right. they can have the tendency to go down a path that... Well, is very destructive, well, he, and nobody tells him he's doing something wrong. So this guy, who thinks he's God's gift to the earth, everyone's telling him you are, you know. You should have that within yourself to correct that. You know, there are many billionaires with power and money that don't do these sort of things. There are I many that do. I don't know that there, there are. are. There are. I just I don't hear a lot about them. Really? Yeah. Have you heard of Melinda Gates? Oh, you're talking about women. I'm talking I, about men. No, I'm talking about individuals. <laughs> no. Yes. Okay, well, women, I can see mm. a lot of women doing good with money and power. I, I think that a lot of men, given the money and power, Berkshire Hathaway. will let their dick make decisions Berkshire for Berkshire Hathaway. Charlie I, I don't know what he gentlemen? does behind closed doors, though. Well, and I just know that more and more things are coming out, you know, about Bill Gates and all of these people in Hollywood and... I mean, it just seems like when people aren't held accountable, especially men, <laughs> that things tend to go, unless you're Gandhi. Uh, but even then, nobody really gave him the money or the power. He, oh, he had the power. He had the power. Yeah. We're not going to get into a discussion about Gandhi. We could. <laughs> it would be a, okay. it doesn't fit within the, the Playboy. Okay. How do we go from you after to Gandhi? How do we get there? Well, I think it's just the contrast. <laughs> right. Um, but I would love to know what Gandhi would do had he been giving billions of dollars and women, naked women, were just laid at his feet. I'd love to know. They they probably were. I think I would like to think that he, he they was. They probably were. A, a, Mm. Uh, no. Yeah. I would like to think that Gandhi yeah. was an emotionally and mentally evolved human. That's because he but, was centered, you know, a centered person. I, yeah, well, so was, quote unquote, was the guy that did hot yoga, but we've seen how that documentary ended. I Okay, well, we'll get into that another clue time. Clue me on that one, hot <laughs> yeah. yoga. You'll have to watch this one. Um, so I want to ask you specifically, uh, because I would love to get a progressive male perspective on this. Uh-oh. <laughs> do, you, do you feel that Hugh Hefner was personally supportive of female equality, even maybe not at the end, but maybe towards the beginning, and why? If you do feel that way, why? Or if you don't, I'd like to know why. Everything that was presented seemed like he was trying to bring female sexuality forward, mm -hmm. you know, it, to the general public mm -hmm. with Playboy. Mm -hmm. But then you have to step back and take a look at exactly what was happening. If you look at the bunny clubs, for example, right? He provided women an outlet to work at the bunny clubs and mm -hmm. their pay was really well and their benefits were really good. But then they had to adhere to these really, really strangling, confining, mm -hmm rules as far as how they had to look, mm -hmm. how they had to act, you know. And from what I can understand, it looks like he was following the model of the airline industry of how the bunnies had to dress, what they had to wear, they couldn't be overweight. But it got, you know, just like just like just extreme. even more extreme than the airlines would mm -hmm. be would be mm -hmm. putting on, on women, which 
started out looking like he was going to do try to help do good with the sexuality, but in the end, he just didn't. So I, I really don't think that he provided much for women's equality. It started off with a good idea, but he never ex he didn't execute it properly. I, I agree with you, and I disagree. I think you're... I agree that he did not execute it properly. Right. I do think what came out of it, um, I do feel that women were able to be sexual, to embrace their sexuality, right. to do that publicly, right. and not be looked down upon as if they were right. um, wearing a scarlet letter or, you know, were just, like, kind of condemned. Right. Um, I, and I think that was that was part of this um, sexual liberation movement, which I think was very important to women. It was definitely just a facet of mm -hmm. what women's equality needed i mean there's so much more to female equality than just presenting their sexuality exactly. and letting them embrace i still them. don't know what i'm trying to say here <laughs> <laughs> i think you're we're both getting a little tired yeah. but, well i think what you're trying to say is that maybe if a woman was running playboy the entire that, time yeah yeah that it probably would have moved the movement forward I I have to agree with you. Somebody that wasn't sexually charged, and yeah. you know, and that that, you know, if you think about that, that drives us to another character that was using high influence Epstein and was using high influence mm -hmm. and you know, taking advantage of people to get what he wanted. I can't compare the two because I feel that Epstein was a, a major pedophile. <laughs> And I don't feel that Hefner was a pedophile. In fact, I feel no. like he was very attracted to very womanly looking women. I I mean, yes, they were young, 19, 20, 17 even. But he, I feel that he was attracted to very shapely women that have definitely gone through puberty. Whereas if you look at the pictures of the girls that Epstein was recruiting... They didn't even look like they they ha were having braces. They looked like they were 13, 14, and he was. But, no, the, most of the women, right, girls. That what he, I'm comparing is the use of power and the use of the backdrop of Playboy to get what Hefner wanted. Epstein used the background of somebody else's sure. fortunes to get what he wanted. Now, had he not become friends with a lonely billionaire from Ohio who owned. Owning Victoria's Secrets, that's what, how he used a lot of his stuff with Well, and with another that. reason why I can't that's compare terrible. the two, because I feel like uh, Hefner really pulled himself up by his bootstraps. And I really wanted to make clear is that it's really hard for me to point a finger just that half, even though I did. I think Hugh Hefner was a very uh, kind, kind of a narcissistic, maybe a little sociopathic kind of a person that was very self-centered. And I think a lot of people allowed him to get away with that kind of behavior. But I think the times that we're talking about, most men were harassing women in the workforce. We talk, They talked to Mickey Garcia, who was working fully corporate. She wasn't at all a playmate anymore, anything like that. She was trying to climb the corporate ladder within Playboy. And she was harassed almost worse by the executives than the playmates were at the mansion or by fans or, you know, or in the clubs. And that's a really sad thing to see. And, and that's not just playboy, corporate playboy. That was corporate everything. Every business that yeah. was run by men 
pretty much oh, of course, female time, sexual yeah. harassment right. was right. the complete norm. I mean, if you look at the female history. But this is so new and and that this was happening in the 80s. I mean, this was just that women were being raped in the office and that was just okay. That was yeah. just the way that, I mean, it's, the way it it's, was. A, it's yeah. a woman in a man's world. What yeah. does she expect? Yeah. You know, so that's why we still talk about this today. And I know that men kind of get to the point where they're like, I'm sick of hearing about it. The Me Too movement. I, you know, it's just women taking advantage. But I think, and I'm, I'm not saying you at all, because I know you and I have had these discussions many times. And I think you see where I'm coming from. Um, mm-hmm. But I've had these issues in the workforce myself. Mm-hmm. And I know every other woman that I know has had issues. Right. So to say this was only happening in the 60s, 70s, and 80s no, is just a lie. Right. And it's only now coming about that that women are able to talk about it and they're being heard. And I would say a lot of women have spoken up, but it isn't until right. recently that women have actually been heard. Well, and the only reason I say this also is because we could put a lot of blame on Hugh Hefner. This was a systemic issue. Even in the scientific community, mm-hmm. you know, at Harvard, the women wanted to join their labs. And their question to them were, do you want to make compounds or do you want to make babies? Your choice. Yeah, and that's a whole different this kind is of sexual the, harassment. And that's in the 90s, mm-hmm. the mid-90s, when, that, yeah. when those questions were being posed, yeah. you know? Yeah. It's a very hard community to be in, whether you're a male or female, because you have to be able to take criticism like every day, male or female. And women were getting it worse than the men were. Uh, always have. Yeah. And, and every other, yeah. I mean, unless yeah. you're staying at home, taking care of your kids and taking care of your husband, mm-hmm. you are being criticized always as a female yeah. in pretty much any workforce, yeah. except for maybe being a nurse or a teacher. all right thank you so much we hope you will stay tuned so we can get deeper together